Welcome to All of You with Madeleine Munro, a space where we explore vulnerable conversations and topics centered around a trauma-informed approach to healing and growth, where we welcome all that we are exactly as we are. Hi, loved ones. Welcome to episode 11 of the All of You podcast with me, Madeleine Munro. It is such a joy to have you here with us as part of this community. And here we are in the penultimate episode of this year, 2022, what a year it has been. So to end this year, and as we come up to solstice, I wanted to offer a free gift in the form of a workshop this weekend on closure and how to give yourself closure. Because I often see with clients on retreats and trainings is this idea that We need someone else to help us feel better about the situation. I often have people that may say, oh, if only I had the conversation or only if I can just tell them this or if they would apologize, I'd feel so much better. And actually, when we give our power away like this, it's giving our emotional regulation up to someone else. So in this workshop, we're going to look at tools and rituals and teachings to empower us to find freedom and happiness and to move through situations and make peace with situations and let go of hurt and resentment from the past so that we can give ourselves closure, so that we can be empowered in this process. So if this resonates with you, you are welcome to join this weekend or watch the recording at a time that works for you. I think it'll be up for maybe a week after. And I so look forward to seeing you in either form. And for those that would like to dive a bit deeper and identify as women, we have a few spots left for Heal With Love starting in 2023. And this is designed for women. It's designed actually over years of working with women and noticing the main themes and challenges that women face of often experiencing dating burnout or fatigue, frustration and scarcity around dating and really like this is thought that how can it be any other way and how am I going to meet the right person and feeling tired that we haven't met the right person yet and the frustration and even how that can lead to like lowering self-worth and a lot like a loss of confidence and so if you feel like you would like to transform your relationship with dating and to fall in love with yourself more with each new person that you meet with each new date that you go on so that you can feel more confident and know yourself more so that it can be an opportunity for you to grow and evolve um, beyond the external love then this program is for you and we would be honored to have you Today, I am joined by men's coach Alexander Cottle from The Unmasked Man. And so I'd heard about The Unmasked Man through some friends and clients that had been on uh, his on Alexander and his partner's retreats. And then I'd had a friend that had been on their online men's circles. And so I looked at um, Alexander's Instagram and I was just blown away by the tools that were being taught and the held spaces that were being created and provided for for men to heal and to find the courage to be vulnerable and to learn who they want to be rather than who they've been told. So I'm so looking forward to to hearing this episode. And there's a couple of nuances to this episode that I would love to preface with. Firstly, we talk about feminine and masculine energies. And so I would like to invite you to 
discern how you choose to identify with feminine and masculine. I'm aware there's a lot of delicate nuances around gender and how we present ourselves to the world and around these terms. So this space is for you to choose how much these terms resonate with you and allowing this to be a scale because I feel like that we all have these energies inside of us. And that's how I view the world in a non-binary way. And so letting you have this space to relate to these terms in a way that feels nourishing for you. And I would like to provide a trigger warning because we talk about some vulnerable topics, including suicide. So if you are feeling particularly vulnerable right now or feeling in a tender space, And hearing about things such as suicide may feel too much for your system or too triggering, then inviting you to come back to this episode at perhaps another time and choosing to avoid being in a space that may feel triggering for you. And this episode will be here for you when you feel ready, or if 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 it may feel too much forever, then that's okay. But allowing you to have this choice before we're going into the episode. Okay, so here we go. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Feel free to tag us. And I love receiving your insights, your healings and your learnings. It's such an honor to witness and to hear what lands for you with each episode. I am so grateful for every member of this community. Thank you for being you. Hi, Alexander. It's so lovely to have you on today. I'm so grateful for you coming and having this chat. I first saw your work through The Unmasked Man. And so for those that are listening, I'll link it in the show notes, but it's this incredible project and retreats and courses and trainings. At the moment, I think based in the UK, helping men come into their fullness and find the vulnerability through courage and healing and growth. Yeah, Alexandra, it just blew me away. I felt super inspired by the work you're doing. So I would love to know more about you and how you started your journey into men's work. Mm, Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Madeleine. And thank you for having me on today. It's really lovely to be here. My journey and how I ended up in men's work. I went on a spiritual journey eight years ago when I hit rock bottom. I was 27 at the time, working in London. I had everything sussed, the patriarchal dream, girlfriend, flat, money, good job. And I was miserable. I was dying inside. I, I, I was suffering heavily with anxiety and panic attacks and pressure and stress and become completely disconnected from my body. And that led me to, I was working in New York at the time, and it led me to having a stroke at, at 27, a TIA, which is a stroke that didn't clot basically that woke me up I was panicked I was scared I went into quite a large depression and tried to take my own life and that was the birthplace I think for for the men's work there and then I just didn't know it at the time fast forward a kind of spiritual healing journey later yoga teacher meditation teacher studying study 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 plant medicine ticking, jumping through all the kind of normal spiritual hoops, I realized that I was kind of massively spiritually bypassing my my shadow, uh, my childhood wounding, and I wasn't integrating the parts of me that I'd kind of cut off or left behind through another version of of kind of spiritually avoiding. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I found men's work. Men's work made me face up to my childhood wounding. 
to reparenting that inner boy to to loving him uh, uh, and giving him the guidance that maybe I didn't have once upon a time in my life and and through my own journey of of self-healing in, in that regard the psychological patterns and conditionings I, I then started to step up and uh, use all the tools that I'd learned from the spiritual journey bring them into this arena and kind of alchemize them together to deliver what we now know as the the unmasked man Mm, wow so it really sounds like the hero's journey that you <laughs> yes it was definitely like refusal of the call and then meeting the uh meeting the enemies and the allies and going into the underworld and reclaiming myself and yeah almost dying and coming back with this new gold so yes it mm. certainly is a hero's journey for me <laughs> mm, yeah it's super inspirational and I'm so sorry to hear about the stroke and the mental health challenges and it's so beautiful to witness like how you really alchemize this experience but it sounds like there were also a lot of like ego deaths or challenges through that and this is something I see working with men is like having everything that you thought you wanted and then the rock mm -hmm. bottoms is part of the hero's journey and I would love to know like how did you find the courage or the resilience through your darkest times Mm, yeah the darkest times the dark night of the soul there was just a part of me that it was really interesting I was journaling a lot at the time and I was almost writing my healing journey from being healed but in the present situation I remember writing uh, like a, a sentence waking up to this world was like getting hit by a freight train it was almost like I was talking about my experience in past tense as if I knew I would be moving through this and later one day I'd be releasing a book on it you know many years from now and so there was just this divine hope whatever you want to call it this innate confidence in myself that I could maneuver some of the darkest periods I really truly believe that I can hold such a level of space for men such a deep space for men because I was meant to touch those places I was meant to really really go even when I've had psychedelic experiences I always hear of my friends that have very lovely times you know seeing unicorns and, and rainbows every psychedelic journey I've ever had I've gone into shadow I've gone into like Hades underworld and been dragged through it and every time I've come out the other end through my inner insight my guides whatever you want to call it my inner guru was telling me look you needed to see these things you needed to really go to that the ultimate shadow to be able to hold this space for men and the work you want to do in the future it's been a powerful initiation Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like this and I, I so resonate with that with psychedelics it's similar I'm like oh here we go again right <laughs> in it <laughs> Yeah. And so hearing this, what feels like a really big capacity to hold all of the feelings, like this real piece that whatever comes up, you can hold and you can handle. Mm -hmm. And so this feels like a bit of an antidote to perhaps some of the addictive mechanisms that can be perpetuated in society. If that mm -hmm. makes sense, like, you know, even the work, the capitalistic strive for meaning through success in these ways. Mm -hmm. How did you hold like the sensation of the first pieces, like for men listening that may have it all, but mm. know that it's quite right. Something's mm. got to shift. It feels so scary. Like what are the first steps you'd recommend to them? What are the first steps I recommend to them? 
Well, first of all, you know, I get a lot of partners reaching out to me and I always say to the partners that they can put it under their nose, but the man has to come to initiation. Yeah. The boy has to choose it. He has to know it. There's an element of him not knowing what he's going to incur, because if he did know what he was going to incur, he might not go. So <laughs> the first point is he has to go himself. I can't convince him. Someone else can't convince him. So that man needs to know that he's ready to make the step. I think he'll know that he's ready to make the step when he realizes you know, I was incredibly fortunate to have all this money at a very young age, all these things in front of me. I didn't grow up in a rich family. I had to work for that. I worked very hard, very quickly. But once I saw the illusion in all the material, the wealth and all of this, then I realized the emptiness of it. And I don't mm -hmm. think everyone's necessarily had that exact journey. They may still be reaching for when I earn this much, or when I do this, so I'll get that happiness. And I even noticed it in myself, even today. You know, how big do we want the unmasked man to get? Can we be happy just helping one man, 10 men, 100 men? You know, so I see that old kind of pattern kicking in and watching that shadow is really, really important. But he has to be ready. He has to know what's not serving him any longer. He has to be prepared, I believe, to say no to the toxic relationships that are keeping him stuck as well, because it's those people that we surround ourselves with. It's having the ability to put himself first to know that it's okay to have needs and to honor his sovereign boundaries and maybe he's never been initiated or taught how to honor them maybe he's become a nice guy and given his power away to every single person and through that he's become incredibly resentful and angry and that that then leaks onto the world society relationships and partners so it has to be a choice and once he's ready and he knows that then can he reach out to a group, an organization like ourselves, you know, have the courage to fearlessly try something different and to realize that there's beautiful brotherhood out there. We don't have to follow the way that the masculine is being shown in the majority of today's society. Mm, oh, my gosh. I love this. Yeah. So really hearing how we're shown how men are meant to be in the world and actually like what you're showing is that men could be something different and then permission to find themselves through that. Yes. And, yes. and so, you know, you talk about men's work. How would you mm -hmm. define it within that? If you're describing how for men that are afraid, if mm -hmm. they're knowing that they're thinking, okay, I've got to choose this. How would you say it to them? I would say this is a safe environment for you to be all that you are exactly as you are today and to be welcomed into it. And growing up, I've worked with many, many men and if I asked them, did they feel safe as a child or, or did they grow up with healthy masculinity? The majority of them, of course, there's exceptions, but the majority of them would say no. They grew up in fear. They grew mm. up in sarcastic environments where they were bullied or told mm. that they had to be this or that. Or they had to maybe go and make themselves so tough and wear all this armor and physically strong to protect themselves, perhaps. You know, there's so many ways that we as men have acted. And I don't believe that it was coming from a sovereign place when I look back at it when I was younger. And so these men, giving them the opportunity to come into an environment where they'll be held by brothers, they'll be loved, they'll be supported, they'll be given the space in a non-shaming, non-guilt, non-judgmental arena to let go of some of their most 
deepest emotions, their sacred rage, their sacred grief, feeling feeling all of themselves in this space and and being honoured and witnessed in it, that can be scary. Mm, yeah, it can be, especially when we're not used to it, or it was punished, or it wasn't welcome. And so it sounds like you're giving men this journey of reparenting in a health yeah. space. Yeah. So one of the key pillars of the unmasked man is education. We want to support men. We don't want them to just come and have an experience. Yeah. You can go on many, many different retreat weekends, not just men's work weekends, but you can experience lots of stuff and have that. You have a beginning, a middle and an end. We want to deeply educate men on the reparenting process of their inner child moving from boy psychology to man psychology moving from the emotionally immature state to the emotionally mature state and holding them deeply through that process and holding their shadow through that process Mm, that's so beautiful and i love how you added holding the shadow through the process because that can feel like the scariest thing you know, like Absolutely. what if this comes up and this is the piece that I most judge about myself and I can't face this piece. Mm-hmm. So we've spoken about the emotionally immature boy to the man. So mm-hmm. how would like emotionally immature boy present itself? Like how would that show up in the space? So the way that we work is we use the young in archetypes. So young originally had 12 archetypes in the 1990s. Robert Moore and Douglas Gillet took the concept of king, warrior, lover, magician and divulged them into, into four great masculine archetypes, so to speak. And these sit at different points of the compass. King is north, east is lover, uh, south is warrior and west is magician. So in order for a man to see his emotionally immature child we use the archetypes as a compass because the Mm -hmm. shadow is vast and dark and if you try and look for your own shadow without some form of compass it's very very hard to see yeah and so within all these archetypes there's healthy expressions there's healthy expressions the king lover warrior a magician but you'll also get some bipolaring inflated and deflated shadow parts within each type so for instance the king when he goes into full-fledged adulthood he may grow up being a tyrant but from a child's point of view he would have been the the high chair tyrant he would have been the very irritable kind of mum get this for me do this for me kind of starting to build those kind of narcissistic very me 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 patterns at a young age maybe he didn't get love maybe he didn't get seen maybe he got abandoned so on and so forth so seeing these woundings seeing where they come from seeing the addicted lover in us seeing the manipulator in us the detached denying innocent one seeing the the sadist the the workaholic in us um or seeing the abdicated king in us the man or the weakling prince should i say the the man that abdicates his throne and doesn't want the power because it's it's too scary it's too much there's many different shadows for each archetype we bipolar often between them and being able to maneuver them and understand them and start to work towards a healthy expression is key and fundamental and foundational in the work that we're trying to uh, educate men in Mm, I love this and how this idea of providing some comfort that then the safety to look at the shadow I see it's like quite masculine structure you know the archetype then it's like like, oh great I love how it's like easy to understand in terms of okay this is one um, expression of it and then this is the shadow and this is what happens when it gets out of balance either side Mm -hmm. which shadows do you tend to see most often 
in myself or in others? <laughs> Let's, do both. Let's do both. Both. So I've generally noticed in myself uh, an inflated shadow in the majority of King Warrior, Love and Magician for myself. So more tyrannical, more manipulative magician shadow, more addicted lover shadow and more workaholic shadow. They're kind of my shadow. Another man might move towards deflated shadows. He might move towards abdicating his throne, although I do do that. Uh, going into his impotent lover, like cutting off his play and sensuality and eros. I have done that as well. Being a nice guy and having no boundaries, definitely done that as well. It's very hard to just pigeonhole someone exactly because often we're swinging from one to the other or becoming into the deflated shadow of the magician which is like envious and wanting all the hard work of a magician all the credibility that a magician gets in his healthy expression but not wanting to put any effort in i've mm -hmm. definitely seen that in myself so it really can be one extreme or the other i'm so great or i can't do this i'm terrible i'm an imposter and it's like where's the healthy balance in between and it sounds like actually the inflated shadow is something that's rewarded by society a lot of the time, yeah, certainly. We see control and manipulation a lot in, in governments, right? And how to get higher up the ladder. We see workaholics certainly being celebrated. Uh, Brené Brown's quote comes to mind. It, it takes courage to stop and say no in a, in a world that celebrates exhaustion, I think is the quote. That always sticks with me. And then, of course, the addicted lover, Society definitely celebrates it by creating a world that, you know, mobile phones that keep us hooked in this like dopamine hit and celebration of more, 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 want, want, looking for that eternal orgasm uh, and not actually getting it, having no boundaries and just being limitless because the addicted lover doesn't want to be boundaried in any concept. Mm -hmm. There's a quote I just want to add to that that Robert Moore says so beautifully. It's the man that becomes the addicted lover looks for his spirituality in a line of cocaine. That to me is like, whoa, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I resonate. And the never enoughness of cocaine or that addictive piece, like there's always got to be more. There's always yeah. got to be something that else. Yeah. And as you speak about this, I just notice excitement for all the men that get to come into this work. You know, I'm thinking of the young mm -hmm. boys, and the teenagers that get to go through this rite of passage that mm -hmm. you teach. It's so needed in a world where we have ultimate access to everything that we could want instantly. So yeah. therefore perpetuating these kinds of coping mechanisms. Yeah. And so in your retreats, what kind of tools or what kind of experiences may men go through through this healing and health process? So we focus, other than on education for the, the whole journey, they come to us from beginning to end. We really focus on embodiment, 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 embodiment. It's great learning about these archetypes from a psychological perspective, but can I stand in them? Can I be in my warrior? Can I know what it feels like for the first time to honor and, and move the anger from my belly all the way up, out of my mouth and project it my voice fearlessly can i go to that place where i can absolutely let go and feel my sacred rage my anger that i've been holding on to and being a nice guy all these years can i have a space that holds that yes you can because there's other men that will physically hold you you know there's scenarios and setups and workshops where we create that masculine energy holding the masculine in a very deep physical strong way where a man might not have been able to experience it before we'll focus other than embodiment on 
it will it will happen naturally for embodiment with dropping out the mind and dropping more into the heart the longest journey is from the, the head to the heart right and really finding that place to rest in the body and in, in in the center of the heart bringing that vulnerability is courage bringing that uh it's okay to feel and it's okay to open your heart to friendships connection brotherhood and initiation we make kings that's what we do the word mm -hmm. king can have many meanings to many different people perhaps sovereign is better but we the retreat name for our level one retreat for instance is boy to king it's arriving maybe as this scared unknown energy of the boy what am i going into to leaving with the empowerment of your full sovereignty your kingship and we really do put men physically back on their throne and maybe they've never been there for their entire life so it's very powerful yeah i can feel it and the reverence and the worthiness that actually comes with saying you deserve to be on a throne you know mm. like a men to feel that worth and the deservingness and like that they are welcome exactly as they are they don't need to be anyone else and how that can translate into their life outside of the retreat absolutely and that can be our deepest fear yeah marianne williamson our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate that we're powerful beyond imagination so actually being witnessed in our kingship in our sovereignty in our power in all of our gold as we are can we handle that that's quite scary <laughs> certainly for me <laughs> it reminds you of that when i was at spider-man i feel like you've got some really great quotes and i'm quoting spider-man but like with great power <laughs> great responsibility um, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. it is it's no Brene brown but then it calls us into deeper integrity that's what i'm hearing it's like if you're going to be on your throne then who are you going to be how are you going to treat people how are you going to process your emotions calling you into the highest version of yourself Mm, absolutely yeah and by the way spider-man quotes are very welcome here i love all kinds of quotes from movies books it doesn't matter as long as they're poignant and they resonate and they wake that that man or woman's soul up it doesn't matter where it comes from and so it feels like i'm hearing the rite of passage that you went through you know in your journey mm -hmm. and so if you feel open to sharing i'd love to hear about like some of the first steps for you when you were in your rock bottom so for example after the stroke or the realizations that the life that you had wasn't what you wanted mm -hmm. because i think there's more of a fear of losing what we've had and therefore well, i see like rock bottoms as the universe wants to give you what you want but like mm -hmm. your ego is going to let it so therefore it's just going to shake everything so that mm -hmm. you can have the life that you're meant to have mm -hmm. so often we won't take action for that life so it requires that and that can feel so scary so for the mm -hmm. men in their rock bottoms I know I've got a few clients that are in the midst of like divorce or realizing they've built this life around ideals that they didn't actually have mm -hmm. were there any beliefs or systems that helped you through those places I think having some form of sadhana, sadhana means morning practice and some structure, right? That really helped me because without morning structure in my darkest days of chaos, I could just sit there in bed all day long. I needed something to wake up in the morning. It was literally a point where it was like minute to minute, 10 minutes to 10 minutes, half an hour to half an hour. And, and just having that structure i remember going i do morning practice and then i'd go swimming every day so no matter how bad i felt today i know that the time that i was in the pool i knew that there was a part of my inner boy that really liked that and so mm -hmm. that would keep me going 
And that was a healthy keep me going. It wasn't an unhealthy, I'm going to the pub, keep me going. So just having something each day to make those initial steps as hard as they are. And I really know how hard they are to the men and women that are listening because fuck me, it was horrible. But I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this, but I, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then from that place, building building blocks, using the knowledge uh, of podcasts and readings and and education and inquiry to understand what I'm going through. Uh, Mm -hmm. what I was going through at the time and having these massive eureka moments and realizing that the the cure for pain is in the pain I used to have that on a motivational board that was there every day and I had even even quotes that like if I could crawl today then I'll start crawling because that's what kept me alive it sounds very drastic but I you know, I tried to overdose and, and I failed. So I needed to to have those little remembering quotes and, and things to support me during a tough period. So day by day. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And so appreciating your vulnerability in this share. And I resonate in this suicidal piece. So, so with you in this and like the building of life back up from wanting to end it. Mm-hmm. And like what that can feel like to sit in that that place. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for you sharing this part of yourself with us and mm-hmm. letting us know that there, there's hope in there. That means so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these phrases are poignant. You said like, if I'm going to crawl, I'm going to crawl. And I feel like that's so important because I think sometimes we can see people at the finish point and think, well, I'm never going to get there you know, and like, well, they've already done it. It's not accessible to me. So just hearing from you, you know, okay, the morning practice, then the pool. And if I have to crawl and that's all I can do today, like, that's amazing. And I'm on my journey and I'm in, I'm in it. Mm, Absolutely. And I think this is what is wrong with social media in a way, because we can portray that finished piece onto people. And I really like to be very, very honest on these kind of things, podcasts and when I'm at the retreats, share. I mean, our slogan underneath our logo is vulnerability is courage. The whole retreat, I'm in tears all weekend, right? It doesn't mean I'm unstable and can't hold space. That means I'm feeling other people's processes, but I'm still very much grounded and present. Mm-hmm. It's like sharing all of my stories, all of my pain allows another man to come into the circle and give him permission to. And this is the benefit and the, the glory of, of group healing is, is that when one man steps forward or woman, she or he does the work for the collective. It makes us feel. And what I see in today's society is a betrayal that everything is uh, sometimes has to be or is certainly perfect. You know, I still have hard days. I still have shadow I'm working through and things I'm realizing and I will for the rest of my life because that's the evolution. And when we are projecting things onto those individuals, let's not forget that they've gone through many, many dark days to get where they have and that that's what's actually made them. Yeah. Gosh, we're really going with the quotes. I saw a quote yesterday that was like, rock bottoms will teach you more than mountains ever well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And every time you think you're at the top of one, it's like you slide back. It's like the snakes and ladders board. It's like, oh my God, I'm back here again. <laughs> so, yeah, this year's definitely been like thinking that, you know, you're at the top and like, this is it. I've, I've manifested what I want. And then just like a piece that I didn't see, you know? So yeah. 
listening, welcoming the, the rock bottoms. Like, I wish we could normalize them. Like, ah, you're going through rock bottom. Like, how is that for you? I even remember sharing with a friend and she did respond like this. I was going through rock bottom. I was like, oh my fucking God, the what is going on? She's like, I am so excited for you. Because on the other side of this, you're going to be fucking radiant. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so like, just that, you know, like celebration of you can hold this, you can handle this. And I see you sitting with the pain of this process. Yes. Yes, yes. And this is this is what I think sometimes is missing in certainly in the spiritual arena is the ability to love and normalize the shadow. It's beautiful. It's the human part of us. It's going to feel sad. It's going to act out. It's going to be manipulative. It's going to cause lots of disturbance in our life. Can we sit with our shadow, hold it, love it, see where it's born from and reparent it? Mm. That's the big test. That's the human test. Mm. Yeah, so like, can we not abandon ourselves when it yes. comes up? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I find that harder to do than to sit and be all love and light. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I can easily do that. But can I love myself on the off days? Yeah, and this feels like, you know, love and light being spiritual bypassing at times, you yeah. know, when like it's easy to feel love and light when we've got everything we want and there's nothing, you know, when our wounds, our fears are activated. Are we going to have our own backs? Yes, that's to me is where you bring the spiritual teachings down to the kind of earthly human realms. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that really grounded approach. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Something you said earlier was around men when they may have like toxic relationships that are holding them back or keeping them in their shadow. So mm-hmm. I would love to know perhaps how that how you may see that show up and what that would look like. So it's something that I see in my work. So perhaps from the other lens. Mm, toxic relationships and how they would show up. I'll talk about it from my point of view and then hopefully that will relate it to other points of view for other men. But certainly Again, without quoting, because I don't know the, the guy or the woman that quoted it, but who we hang out with, we become, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm hanging around with people that haven't got my best interest at heart, which I was at the time when I was 26, 27, lots of money, I'd be at the bar, look behind me, there'd be a queue of people wanting me to buy them a, a drink. The minute the money was gone, that queue of people were no longer there. So what did that tell me? That told me that the, the people I was hanging out with were definitely in this relationship for the wrong reasons. And that I wasn't respecting myself and the relationships that I was having. So the consequences of that really affected me. One, a man could have toxic friends. They might have be in a toxic relationship with their partner. One thing that we don't hear enough about is men being emotionally and physically abused by the feminine. It does happen. I sit with many, many men coaching them and I hear it again and again. And it's it's a really hard situation to be in. I've heard of men being pushed and beaten by the feminine. And then the man has defended himself and just pushed her a little bit back. She's overinflated the pushback and then called the police. And it's like for a man to walk away from that dynamic and be gaslighted in that dynamic can also occur. It's not just the usual kind of conventional way that that we see it so it might be in their relationship there might be some codependency rather than interdependency going on there might be uh this push pull this anxious avoidant attachment it, it could play up in many ways or it could be the relationship with their parents they may be trying to please dad you know dad look at me 
please look at me. That definitely was a wounding for me. Or they might have had an overbearing or overcontrolling mother. And so therefore they've grown up with this kind of inability to say no or to stick up for themselves. So some of the most toxic relationships can unfortunately be our family. And that is really hard when that comes up because there's a lot of love there still for them. And that takes many years of processing and, and creating healthy boundaries to re-educate yourself in the relationship that you want with them. Mm-hmm, mm. Yeah, so it can be so confusing when the people that are meant to love us unconditionally don't, even though they're mm-hmm. meant to look like they are, mm-hmm. and how we can become accustomed and used to certain behaviours and be shaped by that. If we don't heal our childhood wounds, it's going to show in our adult relationships. Mm-hmm. and how important part it's going to play absolutely yeah and well there's two pieces i'm just gonna i'll start with you spoke about the overbearing mother i've kind of read about how this can create the nice guy mm-hmm. and the band like the golden child piece mm-hmm. i'd love to know more about how the nice guy may show up or how the mother wound may show up with the men that you work with so if i'm a nice guy i think if i meet everyone's needs in the world that I will get my needs met. I'm going to go and be there for everyone that I can be, go along and smile and say yes to everything and not have any boundaries at all. And at first they think it's working, but over time, right, your boundaries were crossed way before you even knew it. And then your boundaries are right up against your face and someone's prodding you. And one day you lose it. You take all those little resentment coins, you put them in the resentment jar, eventually it cracks. And that nice guy suddenly turns into a very nasty guy because Mm -hmm. he never spoke his truth. He tried to be the kind, this, that to every single individual. And it takes courage to say no. It takes courage to honor yourself. And he may not have realized that it's okay to have needs. So we have to bring compassion as well to him for that, because maybe he wasn't taught that by his Mm -hmm. mom or his father. that It's okay to have needs. It can show up like that. Often men with the mother wound can also have maybe a relationship that's with the addicted lover again, this kind of wanting to return back to the womb, wanting to feel safe again, looking for the eternal orgasm. They may try and look for pleasure in all the, I don't want to say wrong places, but the over addictive places and yeah, and, and literally kind of crawl back into the womb (laughs) through penetrating the feminine say like they want to get back in there because that's where they were safe or maybe they were so hurt by their mother that they want to hurt the feminine again and again and again um, through that means of of using them and pushing them away and it depends on their early relationships both with their mother their sister and maybe their, their first love or their first experience with the feminine their caregiver Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah thank you so much for this like broad acknowledgement of all the different facets that may come up from these core wounds it sounds like what I'm hearing is like you know from when we have either mother or father you know caretaker wounding then that shapes the lens of which we may see that gender Mm. or those people's lives yeah absolutely absolutely and it's it's one thing that we plan on doing uh, one day is holding a space for the feminine and doing some of the work we do with men, but for the feminine, to give women and those that identify as female the opportunity to let some of this rage out towards the masculine, because Mitchell and myself and the team certainly believe that we're capable enough of holding that space, along with a female uh, team as well, to balance it. But to have 
have safe spaces where we can go and meet that because yes there's certain times over the weekend where we can role play uh, a man's mum or a man's ex-girlfriend or a man's sister uh, so to speak but it's a very special energy when men and women come together and they feel that in, in the space and they're able to hold that for each other so that's definitely a want in the future i'm in such reverence to this and yeah, just the power and the capacity to heal our own wounds through the totem, the like hologram of the person in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the times that I've healed my relationship with the masculine through my yeah retreats, trainings, courses with men, and like whoa, all this stuff that came up, and yeah, healing that directly with the men in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's where there's the gender that you, you know, we can only heal so much by ourselves or just through books and stuff. So actually meeting that, you know, the power of a woman being able to shout in a contained health space and get their rage out mm-hmm. of the harm that's done to them through the masculine. Yeah, absolutely. We held a, a men and women's circle at Love Jam Restival earlier this year, and we led about 50 men. We held the container for the men, the women were being looked after by the female facilitators. They were prepping the space up we led them down to the women we asked uh, permission to enter into their space and we created a circle around the circle and there was a there was a kind of forgiveness circle in that moment and the weeping and the tears and the vulnerability of the unification oh my god it was just like something i'd never seen before a, a deeper level of trauma healing than than some some things i've ever witnessed and it was beautiful to be some form of facilitator in that it was it was very very special oh it sounds so powerful yeah so seeing the the capacity and the depth of the space that you can hold to facilitate that mm, yeah. You know? yeah and that deep ancestral the lineages that can take place within between men and women the deep and societal woundings it goes so deep to our core yeah 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 i'm yet to find too many facilitators of it but i'm i'm really excited to see maybe more women offering similar elements of men's work like the sacred rage for instance i know so many sisters that are calling for this they keep asking us if we're going to do it and so this this space where where women can come and and do maybe some of the exercises that the masculine are able to on on our weekends and and uh, yeah i think that would be very powerful Mm-hmm. yeah I've been through experiences like that and it has been transformational you know mm-hmm. and then seeing the difference in how I relate with men in my, in my own life and this is so interesting because I'm, I'm actually holding a men's retreat uh next year and as a like a female facilitator like that's a big piece to hold <coughs> yeah like, okay what's great especially around like intimacy and sexuality and like so I just noticed that in sexuality spaces it's often mixed like women get their own space and then they do sisterhood like sexuality pieces and then men will have it mixed but men don't tend to heal their wound with women in a brotherhood setting and it can become sexual from that essence so allowing yeah men to be with brothers while looking at their intimacy sexuality in a not an inherently sexual way if Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Absolutely, because, you know, you can build brotherhood over four days with men and then you can kind of drop a group of women next to it and all that brotherhood can instantly go out the window, right? 
um so how can i remain in connection with my brother without going into those old patterns of competition or trying to screw each other over and fighting to be seen and all of that while i'm in this arena with the feminine yeah Mm. challenging challenging stuff yeah Mm. i wish you all the best in that sounds amazing yeah thank you so excited and something earlier you said which also feels into this piece is you talked about like toxic femininity and the impact this can have on men because I'm aware of the dynamic within society of you know this realization around toxic patriarchy and then the impact that can have on men and how actually the highest suicide rates are with men now but because they're the holders of wounding for society that there isn't a space for them to sit with their wounding with toxic patriarchy and with toxic femininity yeah, absolutely. Seventy-three percent of suicides in the UK are male, right? Terrifying statistic. Uh, the majority, mm-hmm. other than uh, cancer, you know, below forty-five. So even more. Um, I don't know the global statistics, but uh, I know those of the UK. The toxic feminine. It's interesting because is is a subject that it's delicate for me to maneuver around, you know, how do I talk about this without, I, I don't want to suddenly be hated on or anything like that. I haven't dealt too much of it in my life. Um, but I do see a lot of men come to me with it. The number is definitely increasing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a shame about talking about their experience about it. Mm-hmm. That's what I at least sense this kind of, I'm less of a man. If I admit that I have been bullied by a woman, I'm less of a man if I've been manipulated by a woman, whether that abuse has been physical, sexual, emotional, that somehow I'm I'm stupid or foolish that that that, that happened, which mm-hmm. is not the case at all. It's unfortunate that that man had to go through those experiences. Very unfortunate. And I think the biggest honesty is that it does happen and these things are taking place. And the more we talk about it and bring awareness to it in a shame-free environment that we can shine a light on it, the more we go into men versus women and women versus men, I think that that's the pitfall of divide by conquer or, or whatever the, the saying goes. Um, it's sad to see. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with masculinity. Masculinity is always evolving. And at the moment, I'm struggling to see how I feel like we're there's a return to certain aspects of strong what I believe more toxic ways through justification of yeah but I'm just being a man again because I've not been a man for so many years because I've allowed the feminine to rise so now I'm going to be back to being a man again it's kind of like this Jordan Peterson movement a little bit it scares me it scares me because I can still be a man I can still be masculine I can still be warrior and have a heart I can still be strong and be loving. Yeah, I don't need to overcompensate in my masculinity and then suddenly, you know, deny the feminine parts of myself or the energy of the of the feminine. I've just ended up doing exactly what I didn't want to do in the first place if, if I do that. Uh, and I, I do see elements of men's work creeping back in that I feel is going backwards rather than forwards. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, so hearing that and the the danger of um, God, it's such an immense topic. Jordan B. Peterson. Danger of the lack of structure and support for men growing up, boys growing up, the structure for them to process their emotions, to find community, to grow into adulthood with the right coping mechanisms, and how that can come into a gendered argument. 
if there's more support for all genders, then there's the support. I saw a documentary on it recently around incel behaviors and characteristics and the rising of this man. And it comes down to this structure that's not in place, you know, and that support. And what I'm hearing is that actually when that's provided through through such like a project like the Unmasked Man, that's when then we can find equality through our differences and we can love each other as like the pure human and perfect beings that we are in a society that has flaws. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you said it, we're human beings that have feminine and masculine energy moving through us every second, every minute, every hour of every day. And to me, the healthy masculine, the healthy man, the healthy human being is a man that accepts his feminine energy as well as his masculine energy and can dance between them. He can go and play with his children and be in his lover energy and connect with his own inner boy. And then he can, you know, leave his children and then go and be very strong and show up for maybe the men that he's supporting in his life and 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 hold that warrior clarity or hold that space for for the feminine. He, he can he can dance all those different aspects. He doesn't need to be warrior all the time or, or or magician all the time or be strong all the time. He knows how to wear many different hats because he's a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this reminds me of this piece you shared earlier around like uh, men not being able to be sovereign. And so finding that sovereignty in, in ourselves in a world that teaches us to be something different. Mm-hmm. And reflecting with this, if you had, this is quite a deep question, but I guess they all have been quite deep. But um, if you could choose like the changes to society to best support men, how would that look for you? I would bring in uh, emotional maturity education so to speak something like the archetypes at a younger age mm-hmm. although i actually think men and women could benefit from this you could yeah. take the archetypes and you could switch them up and shadow work you could switch that up for the feminine very easily i would see more men's circles all around the world little lights in communities supporting each other i would start showing other forms of masculinity i think the fear for those men that The overinflated warrior is scared that he's going to lose something by dropping into his heart. Yeah. Mm. So Mm. he's terrified that he's going to lose something. So he puts up all these boundaries and wears all this armor. But actually, Mm. he finds himself very alone, very scared and constantly in his sympathetic nervous system. If he was to only realize that that it's okay, it's okay Mm. to drop into your heart. And actually the the gifts and the gold that will be found there. And in order to do that, he needs the energy of his own feminine within, right? If he can dance that dance and come back to his heart, he realized that in letting go, he'll actually gain more. I see that so much when the person to the left of me and to the right of me is competition and I withhold or I manipulate or I become envious of actually what if we all celebrated each other what if we all stood up together what if i can be powerful and you can be powerful and he can be powerful and we can be all kings amongst kings and queens amongst queens together so really trying to change this attitude and it it does start governments have ruled for lifetimes through dividing us so it's coming back to that resonance of unity with all of us and not seeing our brothers and sisters as competition so 
more men's circles, more shadow work, I believe uh, an initiation rights, more work for young men to come through, more support for young men. This elder knowledge has been lost. We have boys initiating boys. So the, the elder knowledge needs to be remembered and to be shared and to be remembered that no one owns it as well. Yeah. I don't own it. This is work that's come through that I'm sharing. No one else will own it that, that learns it from me. It, it's there for a reason. So yeah, that's hopefully enough suggestions. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a comprehensive package. <laughs> yeah, like what a vision to hold. It's so beautiful to feel into this and the possibilities that are created from this. Mm -hmm. Because personally, I feel like if politicians did men's work growing up, then we probably wouldn't have so many conflicts. Like, you know, how when I sometimes when I look, I don't often look, but if you ever catch a video of the House of Lords, the House of Commons, and the way they speak and address each other, I'm thinking, wow, there's no communication here. There's competition that's putting each other down. Yeah. So if men can have these tools from a young age and go into their work or their positions of power, it creates a completely different society for everyone. Absolutely. Right. If you if you go and drive a car, you need mm -hmm. to do a test to drive a car. It's quite a responsibility, right? If you go and like become the prime minister of a country, there's not many kind of psychological tests, counseling, understanding of emotional maturity, understanding of their own attachment styles, understanding of their shadow. I don't see much of that going on. And I I think that should be fundamental to even hold a position of such power. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because if we can't understand our own projections, our own woundings, how can we even be in connection with other human beings, let alone groups and then create interventions and societies for human beings? It's like we're not we're not we're seeing the lens like the world through the lens of our own wounding that's never healed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think one thing I saw from my experience in London was like, what would I have to sell in myself? What would I have to give up in myself to get to the top of that ladder? That's scary. Because once I started to witness it, I realized that, that I was going on a very dark road to a lot of tyranny in myself and, and in what I would create. And so can you imagine the, the people that have got to the top of the political ladder and what they've had to forget in their humanness to get there it's it's scary but that that is unfortunately i think what we're we're facing so yeah i don't want to be that man mm -hmm. and i love that you're creating space where you're not that man and other men don't have to be that man to be like held in this world and you know what if they are that man and they want to change they're welcome mm -hmm. oh, this is so poignant oh wow so earlier you spoke around um, how, and it's a pattern I also see often of women wanting to bring their partners to this work. Mm -hmm. Like often maybe women may get in, may perhaps sometimes, I don't want to stereotype, but may get into the work first or maybe see something and they want to drag or pull their partner to it. I'm aware you've created like a, an incredible conscious relationship with your partner, Daisy, who herself is like an incredible love and relationship coach. And she wants to work workshops. And, <laughs> she does. Yeah, which is so like so empowering uh, seeing those pictures. So if anyone's near Froom, I think her last one sold out. So yeah, so look <laughs> get on her, her Instagram and website quickly. I'll put her in the show notes. But how did this work change in a form how you showed up as a partner and in your relationship? 
hugely massively oh my god um weirdly enough as i look up i'm looking at a picture of us uh it made me take responsibility for a lot of shadow i was leaking we leak our shadow onto those closest to us those closest mm -hmm. to us are often our partner right uh or family friends and so taking ownership of my accountability and my integrity realizing how much i may set off her wound of mistrust and not trusting the, the masculine by some of the actions that i would often do just by lack of commitment or lack of showing up as the the best version of myself it's changed us in our dialogue uh we actually use when we um i'm part of a big men's organization called mankind project which also do amazing work and i sometimes go and staff with them and there's a clearing process that they use uh when there's triggers and charges come up so we actually use that clearing process to work through arguments between each other now so we're using a you know something taken from men's work to heal and she's learned it she knows it and that's been incredibly powerful witnessing the projections that we're overlaying either mum or dad often you know either she's overlaying them onto me or i'm overlaying them onto her or exes and our treatment from the masculine or the feminine previously and so she's owning that i'm owning it and we're stepping up and rising together and there's something challenging in me watching her grow into an empowered woman and her watching me grow into an empowered man and and can we hold that can we be interdependent and successful and shine you know individually and then together that's challenging and that brings its own shadows and problems and we're holding each other through that daily and men's work has given me incredible tools to do that and I think you know if you asked her if you interviewed her she'd agree that I've become a better man because of of men's work yeah mm, oh wow oh, this feels like such a beautiful place to just end on this quote like I've become such a better man because of men's work and reflect <laughs> on like all the dedication and the growth that you've been through to become this man and as you shared so vulnerably today of like meeting your pain meeting your shadow and taking it day by day so that you can create this to become a better version of yourself mm -hmm. and i would love to know more about where men can find you where can they find this work um, if they feel inspired by how you shared today yeah absolutely first i just wanted to add maybe even it's not even about becoming a better man because of men's work. it's about becoming the better human being that i know i'm capable of and also reclaiming and loving the parts that have stopped me getting there as well holding them through that that journey men can find us or females can find us to signpost your men <laughs> at uh, the unmasked man.co.uk that's our website or you can find us on instagram the dot unmasked man or my personal instagram is alexander underscore cottle c-o-t-t-l-e i also have my own private website as well alexandercottle.com yeah reach out send us a message inquire look at our offerings we have our level two sold out for March 2023 already, which is amazing. We have our level one in May uh, with spaces still available. We're doing a teacher training in October of 2023 as well for men that want to step up into this work and learn how to hold and facilitate spaces. And we also run online groups and leadership programs as well. And I, yeah, I work with men one-to-one -one coaching throughout the week. So please reach mm. out if it resonates. 
Oh, thank you so much. So there's so many different access points where people can reach your work. So many different variations. Okay, perfect. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the education, the insights, the vulnerability, and sharing yourself and this work with more people. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's been an absolute beautiful conversation. Oh, thank you. Bless you. <laughs> thank you for joining me and co-creating this community together. I am so grateful you are here. 